Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast, number 106 for January 31st, 2017. I am your host, David Palermo. Find me on Twitter at Numb Bills Fan. Yeah. It was a hell of a lead, and I left over for Adam just to go in there. And, you know, I didn't really, we really don't practice this. Um, and sometimes they leave them hanging. So if it's a little awkward, um, that little voice you heard was Adam Deacon. Um, you can find him on Twitter, numbillsadamd. Say hi, man. Hello? Did we just, how the fuck did we just hang that? I don't know how this is going on right now, but uh, we lost our we lost our trusted Deacon. He's gonna call back in a minute. You know, I could stop this. I'm not going to. That's what a pro would do. A pro would totally stop this and make sure that their Wi-Fi connection or you can call it Wi-Fi. Oh, here we go. Hello, Doug. Dog, I'm still recording, so that's just going to stay. So, anyways, um, yeah, so who just called in is uh, Adam Deacon. You can find him on Twitter, at NumBillsAdamD. Um, wow, you lazy pile of shit. You're not even going to start over for that? Run it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, why would I start over? NumBills fan 106. Yeah. Pro as it gets. What up, everybody? Yeah, just listen to me mouth breathe and go, what the fuck? Okay, so... um. Yeah, we're I don't here. I know what happened. This will be our little Super Bowl, I guess, preview thing amongst ourselves. We have some last-minute guests that I have lined up. I have Matt Brunson from Crowbar lined up. It's just lining up a time. Um, but I'm sure that I'll turn into the league itself talk. It'll be more of a what we're going to call a timeless podcast for the offseason where it's not as time-sensitive. Um, yeah, you remember Matt Brunson if you listen to our podcast. He came on a while back when we hired uh, Rob Ryan. You know, he's a Saints fan. He had a lot of good insights about, you know, what to expect there. And, you know, in turn has a lot of good insights about the uh, Falcons as, you know, his Saints play in their division. So we're, we both hate That'll the be teams. good. We'll be pissing and moaning about our division. He can be pissing and moaning about their division. And they hate, he hates Atlanta with all of his pride, just like we hate New England. And, and it'll be interesting because he would rather have New England win, and I would rather have Atlanta win. Oh, yeah. No, like, that's definitely, like, the it, it's very parallel, you know? Right. Parallel hatreds. <laughs> exactly. I can't. For the, for the rival, the division rival. That's so metal. <laughs> right? Like. Okay, 
How fitting. Anyways, so on numbillsfan.com is our website. It has all of our old content. Deacon does a wonderful job designing it. If you need a website designed for you, hit him up, um, Adam at numbillsfan.com. He can do a lot of stuff. Um, I know other people listen to this, do podcasts, do whatever. And, you know, for a barter system or a nominal fee, Deacon will hook you up. He does all of our production on our website and makes all of our graphics and stuff like that for everything. You know, everything we do on Facebook Live, like overlays, all that crap. Just hit him up, and he'll probably just give you all of our secrets, like always, for nothing. So Yeah, that, that's, that's my business model. Give everything away for free. Fuck. Yeah. That's why I'm broke. Ditto. Well, I mean, you could be like me today. It, I'm just so frustrated because... Uh, you know, I guess we'll get into our other things, shout-outs. But, like, real quick, um, man, be careful what you wish for. A little word of advice. It has nothing to do with the bills. But, uh, yeah, I'm so sick of chasing people down for, for money in this little contracting game. And it's like I got this one guy just driving me absolutely crazy. And I've never been screwed out of money on a job. For, I've been doing drywall now for, like, 14 years something crazy i've been getting 10.99 since i was 17 so however I was long say, i feel like you've been saying 14 years for at least two to three years now though <laughs> oh wait i think you're right shoot i was like 16 when i was dragged into this garbage so i guess it's 16 years oh my god anyways <laughs> the, the bills were in the playoffs when you got dragged into this shit yo so you want to know something funny about this so I am very. Yo, that's the curse. That's the curse. You need a new job. No, you're and then right. The bills will make the playoffs. You're right. You're right. Just like that scam I had where I was going to become a Patriots fan just because I know whatever team I root for, they're just going to lose. So I thought, well, if I become like this diehard Patriots fan, they're just going to lose. And then I'll hop back to the Bills. But I really have to root for the Patriots to win. Like I have to be into it. And then they'll lose. So I know who I'm rooting for for the Super Bowl. But um, anyways, so back to the thing about not football, which is why people are listening. Um, so I'm very prejudiced when it comes to job sites, like when it comes to construction. I am very prejudiced. I don't care if you're In white. No way. I don't care if you're what nationality you are. But if you're Italian, I, I'm 100% Italian. And if you're Italian, I hate you. And if you look like you have never lifted a hammer in your life and you're going to be the one to pay me, I don't trust you. So anyways, I've been a lot nicer and open-minded lately or work has been slow, so I've been trying new things like new contractors. And I get this guy that I've been dealing with on the phone, finally look at this job. He chews me down in price. Now, again, I never met this guy face-to-face yet, so I haven't even had the time to prejudge him. And um, let's just say I finally meet him at the job, at, at another job, because the first job fell through for him on his end. I don't know why. He seems a little sketchy. And I tell him a price of, like, a whopping 400 bucks, and he goes, 300 bucks, And I go, dude, 325 and you're going to need more material. I'll cover it, meaning I have some left over for another job site that I'll just charge him for, because that's how I roll, dog. And um, anyways... So, this guy gets out of his truck, and he's wearing, like, these leather, like, diesel-type shoes. 
He's a silverback, like gray hair, and he's got a gold chain on. And yes, he kind of looks Italian, and he looks in average shape. You know, some average man boobs with the gut, but not like totally like fat or anything. And he's probably about like five ten, you know. But if I would have seen this guy before I showed up, I would have never, ever, ever answered his call. Ever. <laughs> And guess who the idiot is chasing this douchebag around for $340 where I'm, like, scheduling my days where my other jobs, you know, I, I might be coding. Like, I coat drywall and, sh- and stuff, so I'm a drywall finisher by trade, but I also sand a lot of drywall. So I have some regular clients that I got to maybe sand, like, three, four houses a week or jobs or whatever. And then I got my own, like, I'll be coding, like, somebody's actual, like, full brand new house out right now. It's in Farmington near Canandaigua. And that's, like, 40 minutes from my house, 30 minutes from my house. It's a pain in the dickhole of a drive from Rochester, and I live in Gates. So, um, you know, this guy wants me to, like, meet him across town at an appointment at, like, 12 o'clock. It's like, yo, dude, we're square enough for 340 bucks. I don't want to hear the word check out of your mouth for 340 bucks, and I don't want to have to chase you around for $340 for two damn weeks. It'll be two weeks on Wednesday. And it's like, only in the contracting world, every contract that I've ever hired in my life, if I can't afford them, they don't show up to my fucking house. But only in the contracting world... Can you do a service for somebody and they don't got to pay you right away? And I accept that. You know, I'll go like a week. But when people start giving you the runaround, like, oh, meet me here. Oh, sorry to answer your call. I had this going. On. Oh, I'm in a meeting with the guy who owns a plaza. Like, I give a shit about whoever owns whatever. Like, where are you? I'll come meet you. And it's like a different story every time. And it's like, you know, the one time I let my guard down with these Italians and it comes back to bite me in the ass. So... I don't know. I guess that's my story. I don't trust him. I hope I'm not looked at like a racist, but I'm Italian, so I could judge him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Don't trust him. Because if I would have known it would have been like this, I would have told him 600 And then we would have settled on 450 And I would be, it'd be actually like 50 bucks more than I wanted. And at least I think I was getting away with something. But still, now it's costing me money to go pick up money. Like, nah. So be careful what you wish for. If you're in a situation in your life where maybe you're like me or you had a good contract or two and eventually you just kind of get really jaded and your, your feathers get ruffled a little much and you just say, fuck it. Sometimes before you say, fuck it, maybe appreciate what you have around you. Maybe talk to other people from other countries or whatever, and appreciate your situation. And um, that's just, I guess, my word of advice because it will make your life a lot easier. Well, you know what, Dave? What's that? On on the flip side, you know, there's people who don't have a job, like Bobby April, John Blake, Aaron Cromer, David Lee, Catherine Smith, Dennis Thurman. I think Catherine Smith is staying. No, she's gone. Really? Yep. Okay. Yeah, there's a couple other names on that list, too, that uh, I'm not even going to bother with. But, uh, yeah, a bunch of uh, a bunch of coaches from the previous the previous staff were uh, let go. So, uh, careful what you wish for. 
or maybe I guess careful what you bitch about, right? Yeah, for real. Um, so, oh man, I I, I don't know, dude. I like it, it. It's like I'm so sick of adversity at this point. It's like really every day, every day there's got to be some kind of garbage you got to deal with, and just. You know, it's like I'm just shaking my head. I am SMHing left and right right now. Like, I can't wait to finally tell this guy to just, like, fuck off. And, like, he wears this gold chain. Now, I'm going to admit this on the podcast because when I do do this, I'm going to be... You're going to have to hold on the podcast by yourself because I'm sure I'm going to get in trouble. But <laughs> remember when remember when Talib, the safety of the Broncos, expatriate there, yeah. he snatched that, that chain right off Crabtree's neck? Yep. I want to have this guy pay me in cash and just take his fucking chain and just snatch it and be like, that's what you get, you little bitch. And that's my fucking interest for wasting my fucking time coming out here. Like, really. I mean, when you're scheduling days around somebody and you have other jobs you can get to and it's not worth the hour and a half round trip to get to that job and now that job's going to go a little bit longer because you're scheduling somebody else in to do something, which you shouldn't have to anyways, it's kind of, all right, enough's enough here. There's got to be some interest paid up. So, you know, whatever. It's, It's life. (laughs) it's live anyways so uh tomorrow night wednesday we go live 7 p.m on facebook Facebook facebook.com numb bills fan that's us and uh it's brought to you by our friends at bills for life and is available on our page and also in the bills mafia facebook group if you're not a member of that get over there they're about to they're about to hit sixty thousand wild ass bills fans all sharing their opinions. I mean, arguing. Always, always great bills talk over there. It's not really that great, though. Some of it, some of it really is. You know, I like I like it because, you know, if I if I were to say that there weren't some people who post some shit that I read and then I go, hmm, I never thought about it like that. That's a good point. You know, I'd be lying if I said that that didn't happen. But there's also there's also some shit that I read where I'm just like, wow, I'm like a whole three points more idiotic than I was before I read that. My IQ went down. So I mean, you know, it's an it's an even balance, I guess. Well, dude, that but, was. Uh... But just it, you know, you, you can't take away you can't take away from it that it's giving you a full 360 degree perspective of what's going on around the fan base. You get, you get everybody's input for better or for worse. Oftentimes for worse, you know, (laughs) like you said, I was just on, um, what website was that? I was just on Buffalo rumblings and I was reading an article about something. And I got to say Buffalo rumblings. I used to be a slave to that site back in the day. Uh, when Brian Gallifer and Matt Rich Warren uh, pretty much ran that shit. I don't know who's doing it now. Um, I, I, isn't it Chris Tapasso now or something? Yeah. That's sweet because there's some really good articles on there. I'm, I'm noticing like actually like some pretty good stuff again. And, and I, I had to get away from it because I, I would obsess. Like I would refresh the comments and read every single comment and all these threads because 
I love comment threads because you get to learn a lot because somebody might just have uh, a, a little zinger in there. Oh, yeah, like that time that so-and-so and so-and-so did that, and it's like, whoa, 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 what, what little piece of nugget did I miss? And then you look it up, and it's like, oh, shoot, that really happened. And yeah, No, you're totally right, you know, and that's that. that's what's great about social media is like, so I mean, you do have to sift through a lot of <laughs> a lot of waste, but there's a lot of good little, mm-hmm. you know, nuggets of information floating around out here. Well, what the, the, the problem with it though, is you get people like I was in this comment section and these people are just rattling off the dumbest shit I've ever heard. And then somebody corrects them. Oh, well actually they did do that. And it's like, how do you, and the guy goes, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. And it's like, that's pretty common knowledge. Like would be on the first, page of his bio you know what i mean like if you know that they hired somebody what you do just read the name and then you go you know two three layers deep into a conversation about a coach and and you just shred them without the right it's like amazing that people are so stupid that they would type before they think about it and i and, and look we're all guilty man i've said a lot of dumb shit in my life i'm going to always and I'm going to, even on social media, I mean, there's stuff I'll retweet. I'm like, oh, shit, maybe I shouldn't retweet that. And, you know, and because um, I just don't want to get into, like, a polit- deep political conversation or anything. Um, I mean, I would. But you guys can just call me. Send me an email. We'll talk on the phone. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, I just. You know, we really need to, we really need to set up the call in line for what we do live. I know the call line would be so freaking funny. Ah, uh, I got it. We got to get the biggest dopes. We got some big off-season plans, by the way. Um, people want to know about the Senior Bowl. We have our very dear friend Tim Avery coming on our podcast um, to talk Senior Bowl. He took some notes, and um, Tim is the shit, man. One of the nicest, most genuine people you'll ever meet in your life. And uh, he he pretty much books everything at the Bug Jar in Rochester. So you, so anybody who is around knows that stuff. Um, he's really cool, level-headed, good-ass dude, huge Bills fan. And, and he's like, he calls me up. I'm at work the other day. I'm on my little drywall stills doing my drywall thing, coating some ceiling. And he's like rattling off names. Oh, man, I like soda. I'm like, dude. He's like, are you going to come watch a senior bowl? And I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, Oh, I'm going to go down to Dick as well. He's such a sweetheart. And I'm like, well, no, I'm working. <laughs> you know, I'm 40 minutes from home. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, and it was just sweet that he called and thought about me to, to watch with him. So I was stoked. And I go, dude, actually, I, know, I don't know that much. I just hear what I hear about some prospects. Um, but the, those guys in, in the senior ball, like the meat and potato guys that I'm really interested in, I thought it was interesting when Shane Gailey coached the Senior Bowl, and that year they drafted uh, Calvin Shepard. You know what I mean? They really liked Calvin Shepard. He was expected to be a third-round pick. They took him. Not that he really panned out super high or anything. He's still in the league, but, it, you know, he's more of a reserve role guy. But he, it, it, it's cool that, oh, okay, you know, you got to see that link. And um, so – Tim Avery's got a bunch of notes he took. I told him, just take some notes, and we'll shoot the shit about him, man. So Tim Avery's a great guy. I'm sure it'll be a great podcast coming up, which should be another timeless podcast at least through um, the draft. Because <laughs> you'll, draft day, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you got you got two, three months of that, and we'll, we'll label that a little bit differently <laughs> so you can find it if you do miss it. 
Um, lastly, we're brought to you by Punch Drunk Sports. Was hoping to get Jason Tebow on at some point as well. He is a big ass Atlanta Falcons fan. Um, but either way, again, I'll probably we'll probably line him up at some point, whether they win or lose, or hopefully beforehand. And I would like to just get I would like to talk to diehard fans this offseason of other teams, uh, especially people who can talk well, like a comedian, um, and and really get their perspective on their team. And their, I can't wait to talk to Matt Brunson again because they hate the Falcons. I want to know why. Like, why do you hate the Falcons? Like, why does this rivalry exist? Why do you hate that? For the same reason we hate the Patriots, because they show up and fuck our team up. Yeah, but at the same time, man, we're in a different situation where we've been getting fucked for 17 years on this dumbass team, dude. And it was, like, really cute in the beginning, even though the douchebag Brady's in your division. But it's like, you know, he's a good-ass quarterback, and you can't. Uh, let's just get into that. Don't forget, PunchDrunkSports.com. Uh, check out San Tripoli and Ari Shafir as well, uh, at PunchDrunk on Twitter. So here we go, man. We got another Super Bowl LI going on here. So uh, Patriots, Falcons. The Falcons have been exploding offensively this year, and it's, you know, you don't got um, Mr. Gonzalez there at tight end either. And it, pretty much, Matt Ryan's been forced to throw this ball around to other peeps. Um, you know, Muhammad Sanu is looking dynamite, man. Like, you could yeah. argue he could be a number one on somebody else's team. They got a good-ass freaking run game. They got, shoot, what do you see in Atlanta, man, right off the bat? Um, arguably the best wide receiver in the game. Right. Measurables, speed, ups, every. I mean... So let me go through this charting, okay? If you go on sportingcharts.com. So overall rank of each team, Atlanta is second, New England is fourth. The passing offensive rank is second for Atlanta, New England is fifth. The running offensive rank is fifth for Atlanta, seventh for New England. The scoring rank, Atlanta scores the most points in the league, number one. And that's 338 points a game now new england is 27.6 so if you can follow me deeks with this um you know we can get an offensive breakdown all that crap but so here's where i think everything comes down to so far for this game is the defense and what i'm going to get into right now is overall rank of each defense new england is ranked eighth atlanta's ranked 25th past defense New England takes the cake at 13th. Atlanta is 28th. Run defense, third for New England. That, that pass defense, hold on, hold on, back up. That pass defense, you, you just you just kind of like spoiler alert the whole thing. That's what it's going to come down to because both of these teams' biggest assets are their quarterbacks. And Tom Brady's going to have a way better time against that against that Atlanta secondary than Matt Ryan is going to have against the Patriots. Yep. Then check this out. Run defense. New England is third. Atlanta 17th. Scoring rank. New England holds teams down to 15.6 points a game. They're first in the league. And Atlanta is 25.4 points a game. So for me, if you just look at these charts and you want to compare it, you can almost wash the offenses together. All right, but when it comes to the defense side of the ball, 
Supposedly, Atlanta, again, I don't know shit, but supposedly from what I'm hearing, Atlanta has a younger defense, but they're kind of, I think it's like that it could maybe be like, I could be out of my mind. I could be totally out of my mind. Don't even just, if it sounds like garbage, just discard it. It could kind of sound like that Miami defense where they rank shitty in some categories, but it kind of maybe evens things out. But, I I mean, honestly, like maybe like where they're kind of coming together now. And I don't know. I don't know. But I will say, uh, if they're allowing 280.9 yards a game Atlanta, for Tom Brady, that sounds like 330. You know what I'm saying? If you're, if teams are running 104.5 yards on Atlanta a game, to me that could be again 125, 130 for another team. Um, you know, so or, or for that for them against Atlanta, and it's like if you're allowing 25.4 points a game, I don't know why I gave the decimals. Sorry, but if you're allowing 25 points a game here. Atlanta, to me, with Tom Brady, you're looking at 35 points. So, realistically, man, Atlanta's defense need, it is the. I don't. I just. I hate to say it. I just don't see New England losing. I just don't see it. It just. They actually have a very good defense as of lately. You know what I mean? The last few years, they've had a very good defense. And that well, Butler like kid like, has come it's like around. I like to say, you know, about teams every year, they got hot at the right time, and they really did. At the same time, at the same time, you're looking at 33, almost 34 points a game for Atlanta. Do you know what I mean? So. With Bill Belichick, what did he do with the Buffalo Bills when he was the Giants' defensive coordinator? He let Thurman Thomas have the day of his life. MVP-type day in the Super Bowl, right? What do you do with this? They were saying the same thing with Le'Veon Bell and, and, and Antonio Brown a couple weeks ago. You know what I mean? For for the Patriots. And it's like, you can look at the blueprint of let them run the ball, which, by the way, Atlanta runs the ball like a monster. You know what I'm saying? Like, they can definitely do some damage. But, man, like, these teams are even on big plays passing the ball. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I I don't know. They're, they're, Their defense is, 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 is obviously what this game is going to come down to. I know it sounds simple and stupid to say that. I know it sounds lame. But really, whoever makes the least amount of mistakes, I know that's football. But I just I, I just look at the Patriots like this team that no matter what, I mean, it was kind of cool not seeing Tom Brady play because you get to see coaching from Bill Belichick and you get to see and appreciate um you know, his ways around the ball and, and his different schemes and different ideas, but it might not even be Bill Belichick. I mean, a lot of people say that he's just a, a very good CEO. Like, don't get me wrong, he's involved with Matt Patricia defensively. He's involved with Josh McDaniels. Like, he knows 
all the way around everything, but they come up with the game plans. They, you know, he's really, yeah, no, I mean, he's the common denominator. He's, he's the one guy who's been there for everything that that's gone down. He's been there, you know, for every Super Bowl appearance. You know, he did it before Matt Patricia and Josh McDaniels, you know? Right. Um, I mean, I just don't think that there's a big gap defensively between these two teams. But, you know, it it sounds so cliche, but if Atlanta can stop the run and rattle Tom Brady, which I don't know what they're capable of, and and we all talk, oh, you got to rattle Tom Brady, you got to get to him. Look, one thing I don't understand is remember when Phil Jackson threw it's like a dude done, threw, Remember when Phil Jackson threw a dude out there on on the court? I forgot when it was. It was in the final somewhere. I thought, and and he just had him like irritate a player. I forgot who it was. I don't think it was Patrick Ewing. I'm totally out of my mind. But like Phil Jackson just like threw a player in there to get this guy to just like lose his shit and like foul out eventually. Or he got kicked out of the game. I don't know. This is all hearsay. Pretend this never even happened. Like, why can't these teams just get some... Oh, no. watch, some... The, uh, watch the 30 for 30 about the uh, bad boy Detroit Pistons. I mean, that's what they would do with Bill Lambeer. They'd have him go out there and just like... I did watch that, actually. That's a very... Like, rough dudes up and get in their head. Get them on tilt and get them playing sloppy. Like, you know what I mean? He was... He, he, got, he got Larry Bird to actually, like, mm-hmm. swing on him. Oh, like, I remember that. You know, dog, like, you want to talk about that? Like, you know, get in their head, good, but, like, you know, get to Brady. That's that's everyone's solution, but it's easier said than done. And uh, the guys over at Bleacher Report this week, uh, whichever one of Phil Sims' kids <laughs> reports over there. <laughs> I think it's uh, Matt. Chris, Matt, Chris? Oh, I think it's Chris, actually. Chris Sims. Yeah, it's Chris. Um, He actually did a little video piece about why Tom Brady stays upright as much as he does. And he was basically, <coughs> excuse me. Um, he's basically saying, you know, when he was with the Patriots briefly, um, you know, teams always talk about like a seven step drop and that gets them like eight to 10 yards deep in the pocket, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, he was saying how up there in new England, they're coaching, to get like six to eight yards deep in the pocket to, to have a much more shallow pocket. And what that effectively does is makes it so the, uh, the edge rushers have to have to take kind of like an around the corner approach to get to them as opposed to just like bring that, like that steeper angle you know, a more direct steep angle right at them. Oh, it makes perfect. You know, sense. he has to run right at the right tackle and then the, the or well, not necessarily the right tackle, but run right at the tackle who, who then has the opportunity to just kind of walk him sideways. Not to mention the fact that we're talking about Tom Brady here, who is going to get, you know, about seven yards, seven yards deep and then throw the ball. Remember how, <laughs> I don't know when he would just stand up straight, like nothing's going on. Like he's just like looking down the damn driveway with his broom yeah, two, in his hand. Two, three steps and just, just release. I'm just like, yo, how do you do this? But sometimes he'll like he'll drop back like 
and then I'll just like sit there with the. There was like a few years ago, he just sit there with his legs like straight, as if he's like almost at the end of his driveway, just like holding a rake, like do 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 do, checking out the freaking neighborhood. And I'm like, really? Like you guys can't like. All I'm saying is, can can the Falcons just like activate some dipshit? And just have him maybe get on the field and give Tom Brady a late hit twice, maybe? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just get it done early. Get it done early. That's it. Freaking sign Bill Lambeer if you got it. Just, <laughs> just, just have someone go out there and hammer him after, after the play. What's Dennis Rodman doing? <laughs> Hire Dennis Rodman. I don't, I don't even want to know. It's probably some freaky shit, man. <laughs> I do have Maybe some... I do want to know. Yeah, Maybe I, I want to watch. Maybe I'll join. Yeah, Rodman, I'll join you at any of your parties out there on the West Coast. Let a dog know. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw it out there. He banged Carmen Electra when I was when I was a youngin. That was she was the the it woman for me when I was when I was coming up. Oh, dude, I think I like Carmen Electra so much. I think I printed up a naked picture of her at my friend's house. That's how yeah, much no, I like I'm Carmen saying, Electra. Like. like when I was first getting into masturbation, like she was, she was the it woman. She was a hot ticket for you. That was it. This game over. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I oh, went. Yeah. I went with her and um. Yo, man, I had this spot on my heart for Jenny McCarthy. Like, yeah, I mean, like, back still, in the like, day, yeah, back in the day. Are you kidding back me? F- fucking tomorrow, and Jenny well, McCarthy yeah, no, wants to hang saying, out. Yeah, like, yeah, dude, day, she was, she was killing it. Yeah, oh, Jenny, I'm with you. Vaccines totally cause freaking autism. I'm with you. Let's go, girl. Let's fight this together. I know you're listening. You got this. Oh, Jenny McCarthy. Jesus. All right, let's not let this podcast uh, turn into, like, celebrities that we would do sex things with because it would be a really long podcast. Allegedly. Man, there's kids listening. Who cares? Fuck the kids, man. <laughs> well, Fuck the kids. If you're a kid listening to this, what, what are you doing? Go to, don't go to class. Actually, class is dumb. Don't go to school. School is dumb too. Just go do a trade school or something and try to latch on to like, uh, you know, some college sports program. Come, come intern at Numb Bills Fan Podcast. Yeah, really. So, um, we'll pay you in table scraps. Yeah, we'll let you clean. You little fucking <laughs> shitheads. Hey, man. You gotta be positive for the kids. All right. So, all right. Holy shit. 34 minutes, and I feel like we haven't talked about anything important about this game. I read off. I the- read off a bunch of coaches that got fired, and. I read off a chart. You told us about the Italian contractor with bitch tits. I hope he listens to this one day. <laughs> this motherfucker. All right, so you know, we could just we could just run that little segment like right at the at the very top of the show for like the rest of our like time as a podcast, just in case he does listen. Or like you could just cut that clip out and just like accidentally like text it to him. You know what I actually did do to him on accident is I took a picture of myself. <laughs> This is so fucked up. I'm going to lose all my credibility. I took a picture of myself. I meant to send it to my friend Summer. And I was like, I'm so high. 
<laughs> that was a fucking selfie. <laughs> <laughs> at least it wasn't a. At least it wasn't a picture of your fucking hog. And he goes, he goes back, and he goes, uh, "Nah, I don't saw my hog on Snapchat." So, um, yo, which never been done. Not sending the hog. It's not even a hog. I can't even call it a hog. It's like a marker. <laughs> it's like a marker. So. You little smoky. He he, ref- yeah, little chub. He replied back, and he goes. <laughs> he replied back, and he goes, "Oh, great!" Exclamation point. And I go, "Ha ha 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 ha!" LOL. Wrong text. Went to send it to my friend. He's always ripped at work. Meaning me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're the worst. Man, no wonder he's not paying you. Yeah, really. Holy shit, this is a very good therapy session right now. Um, yeah, so that's my... <laughs> Anyways, for real though, let's get into this. Tom Brady, I-, I would like to talk about Tom Brady and also that Chris Hogan thing. I want to address you idiots who think that Chris Hogan is some second coming of Jesus and how dare you. And you want to know something? Oh my God, the, the there's not that many. get away posts on social media were unreal. It's like, okay, here's what happens with football, okay? You can be a casual fan. That's all fine and dandy. Be a casual fan. But to me, if you're listening to the radio, you're listening to our podcast, you're commenting about the Bills, you're really having an opinion about the Bills, you would think at this point that if you're that involved, you would understand that you have rosters of players and then you have coaches and what the coaches need to do is put the 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 roster in the best position to win and what you get with that is you get a thing called a system or a scheme or all of the above whatever you want to label it if you work at dunkin donuts it's a different process than if you work at panera bread and if you work, or if you could work at McDonald's, you work at Burger King and Wendy's. They all make the same things, right? Close enough. Everybody's going to have a different system. Well, when you have a quarterback who is not stupid and has been in that same system since he has started, and he has the work ethic of the greatest athlete you've ever seen, which is probably, if you want to go work ethic-wise, Tom Brady's work ethic is that of Jordan Plus, you know? So, or as much as Jordan, you know what I mean? Like, you would put them on even playing fields. And he's really had to work to overcome a lot of things in his life, especially as an athlete, if you want to talk about, you know, look at what they said about him at the combine. Look at, you know... He fell that far. Six-round pick or something crazy? Like, that's nuts. What I'm getting at is... Well, because he, no, he got no reps in college. Right. And, and here's what I'm getting at. Is it was a matter of playing time. Coaches have systems, and the players fit into that system. And if you're a Bills fan, uh, maybe people don't label it to you like that. If you're a football fan, you're just a casual fan, just understand that, that no matter what, you're going to have... This is why roster. This is why coaching turnover sucks, because next thing you know, another system comes in, and a guy like 
say name whoever the hell you want. You could say Chris Hogan might shine better in New England than he did in Buffalo. Because you don't Whatever, they paid him six million dollars this year to catch four touchdown passes. We got that out of Justin Hunter. What I'm getting at, which you're not <laughs> like, you're, I, I feel you. I feel you. You're not wrong. Um, but what I'm getting at here is Chris Hogan went to, when he signed there, that was the most perfect position or team for him to go to. It's like perfect. I mean, look at Wes Walker. Look at Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola. What, what are all those guys? Those guys are tough, smart football players. So, duh. Like, Finally, Hogan had a game, but make no mistake, I don't think Hogan's having that game in the Super Bowl unless Bill Belichick pulls another Jedi mind trick and decides to actually target Chris Hogan to let them bite on it and opens up something else, or they just make it Chris Hogan's game again just to because everybody knows Bill Belichick ain't going to repeat himself. It could be anybody, but what they're going to do is they're going to take what they give them. And that's one thing you can count with Bill Belichick. They're in the Patriots. They're not going to overthink this thing. They never do. But the thing that kills me about the Patriots that I can't wait to talk to other people about is how many times are the Bills down like 25 points? And you thought going into the game like, man, we really have a shot. And it's like the Patriots kind of like hang around a little bit. You know, they make mistakes, they make adjustments, you make mistakes, you might not make the correct adjustments, and then your team is down in the fourth quarter after being within a touchdown going into half. Your team is down in the fourth quarter by, like, 24 points. And you're like, how did this happen? You know, and then before you know it, there's seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, and you're down 20 points, and you're like, I don't, all right. Well, you might get a touchdown or a field goal, and then they stop you the next time. And now you got four minutes left, and, you know, you're down, shoot, 13 points or something, you know, like 14 points, 15 points. And before you know it, the game is over. That's, like, what it feels like. And what I'm getting at is if the Falcons don't strike strong and fast and hard and rattle Brady or or figure something out to shut they need to shut down something of uh, uh offensively with with the patriots i know it sounds easy it sounds oh no shit they gotta do something i know i don't even know if you're the falcons where do you go like what do you what do you stop now i would say believe it or not you stop the run because laguerre blunt is is i don't he's had 18 touchdowns but i don't think he yeah he only averages 3.8 and but you got guys like James White and Deion Lewis who could pop anytime. Both those guys can catch the ball out of the backfield. Okay, so it kind of makes you wonder with uh especially James White, he has sixty receptions. Like that's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. Catches. Yeah, and he has five receiving touchdowns. And only one drop. I mean so when I get yeah, you got you gotta watch out for that. You can't you can't, you know, not commit to that because I mean, I mean they're they're going to be prepared for it. Then, if there's one thing that team thrives on, it's preparation. Right, they're going to see that number. They're going to know. They're going to watch for it. But it comes down to the right place at the right time, and, and that's the way to beat them. And that's the thing is, um, 
you know, the Patriots won't beat themselves. But at the same time, I love to say this, any given Sunday, man, like any given Sunday, because, the, you know, we can look at these, these stats, this graph, and, and the reason I want to start with the graph, you know, how we run off the, the rankings offensively and defensively, um, is because... That's what a lot of people gravitate towards to make their opinion, obviously. But there still is that whole effect where even if you play Madden football, you get what's called Maddened, a.k.a. football just happens. Like, you might be down like 30-7 to in dumbass Madden football, and your defensive back touches that ball 12 times, he gets one pick. The other guys touch the ball their, their defensive backs touch the ball like four times. They got three packs. It's just one of those things. And that's the thing is in real life, that dumb crap happens. And there could be a situation where there's an unfortunate safety on Brady again. There's unfortunate whatever. You know, there's there anything can happen. And hopefully for the Atlanta fans or for Bills fans who want Atlanta to win, which is most of them, um, you would kind of figure you, you don't really, there's no way to measure that, but that can happen. And before you know it, I mean, Brady is human. Belichick's human. There is a psyche to the game. I mean, everybody gets rattled. It, they've been there before. They know how to keep their nerves at the same time. We've also seen Bill Belichick lose his mind. You know, we've seen that they're, they've all been proven to be human and, with the Falcons, they got to be, be really worried about themselves. I, I would just play your game and you know, worry about just executing your drives offensively and somehow trying to bend and not break for the Patriots. You know, if you got to settle for field goals somehow, somehow, I just don't. I mean, I think anything can happen with that whole any given Sunday thing. You know, weird things happen. That ball bounces weird. That ball could get tipped. Well, no, and, and you know what? If it's not even as basic as any any given Sunday right now because I don't think it's a guarantee that the Patriots win this. Like, I do think they have the better defense, and I think both these offenses are just stacked. But, I mean... Matt Ryan is playing out of his mind. He is throwing to a Hall of Fame wide receiver in Julio Jones. Um, you know, like you said, Sanu's, uh, you know, really, really just like, you know, come out just as like a completely redefined player this year, just completely, you know, reinventing himself and just killing it. Like, I, I, it's not just any given Sunday out there because this team – has earned where they're at. They they played their asses off to get to this Super Bowl. And not not to discredit the Patriots, even though I fucking hate them. You know, they, they've worked their ass off to get where they're at too. But it, it's just happened so many times that you kind of expect it from them now. And I think that's why it's, we're, we're sitting here having a conversation about like, oh, well, any given Sunday. Because it's just been the the same scenario so many times, but I really think you know the Falcons have a shot at this thing, man. If we're if we're gonna you know make a prediction, 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna predict one way or another, but I think this game's gonna come down to like a single score. It's gonna be it's gonna be eight points or less. I know it's gonna be a close game. I'm hoping for the best. These playoff games have sucked, and I'll be dead honest with you. Um if there was Yo, Packers you, Packers and the Cowboys was epic. That was a good game, but but follow me here. Follow me here. If there's one thing though with with uh the Falcons, they consistently put up points. I mean, they put up a lot of points. And oh no, they're gonna they're gonna light that scoreboard up. They will. They well here's the thing though, is that I'm getting at is there is an argument that was going on when they were playing Pittsburgh that hey, who the hell the Patriots played and now, I didn't go through Atlanta's schedule this year, so I really don't know how hard their schedule has been. But I will say, you know, a lot of people question the Patriots. And, you know, they played the Steelers. But that's a Dick LeBeau defense that the dude after Dick LeBeau left for Tennessee, the defensive coordinator there now runs the same thing. So, you know, Tom Brady has had very good luck. against the Dick LeBeau defense. So it's almost like who have they faced, you know, the Patriots. I mean, they have a similar schedule to the Bills, you know, and let's be real here. I mean, they they had the Bills twice, and they had the the Jets twice, and the Dolphins twice. They had the Rams. They had, you know. The Rams, the Browns. Bengals weren't good this year, you know, just... So, I mean, you know, but still. They won all of those games except for two. And all one... was a shutout against our Bills. Yeah, and... Versus Jacoby Brissett, though. Right, right, which which was ironic, because I would love to talk about, just like, hit on that for a second. It's like when, when the Patriots are 3-0, oh, oh my God, Bill Jalachek is a genius. Even Brissett comes in, they win, but then the Bills beat him. Well, it's Brissett. What do you expect, man? It's a, a Brissett. There's no Brady. Oh, but okay, freaking Bill Belichick's balls are in your mouth when they're 3-0. It's like, stop, man. They were they were still doing good when the Bills beat them. I will stand by that. Now, were I love they, that were they what their pre-Super Bowl drama going on with Belichick, too. Oh, I yeah, mean, not, let's, let's not talk about that. Belichick. Not directly with Belichick, but obviously he's going to be the like the thing that automatically gets tied in. All right. Shanahan's playbook there, Kyle Shanahan's playbook, actually was missing for about a full 15 minutes the other night. Um, Jarrett Bell from USA Today, and he, he contributes to ESPN, he, he figured out that uh, Art Spander from the San Francisco uh, from the San Francisco Examiner, accidentally walked off with Shanahan's bag. He got his bag back with everything in it, but man, I wonder. You gotta wonder if maybe that got rifled through. That, you know, that would be that'd be pretty valuable information the week of the Super Bowl. And I mean, of course, it's the Patriots, so there has to be some sort of scandal attached to this somehow. They have to accuse him of something, right? Well, I was just sitting down with somebody recently, and I was arguing with somebody about passcodes on shit. Like, you could take my phone, and I don't have any dick pics in there, but I might have, you know, other stuff. And, uh, you know, you can look through all my shit. Same with my computer. I don't have a password on anything. I mean, I mean, come rob me. I don't care. Look. 
I hope he had a password. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I hope uh, if I had sensitive ass material like that, I hope he had a password. But I'm sure Bill Belichick's freaking crony over there. You know, the one guy behind the scenes, I forgot his name. He's like ex-military. The one that was probably designed all or, or figured out, oh, well, why don't we just run a different channel for the headset for Brady during the play? You know, that guy. <laughs> I'm sure he has something where you got shit. You could probably be in the same room as any Atlanta Falcon and get inside that Microsoft service. We're talking about a Microsoft product here. Okay. You're telling me that like Bill Belichick doesn't have access to their playbooks already. If Bill Belichick that's didn't that's have the virus when it left the factory. Yeah, dude. If Bill Belichick doesn't have your playbook, I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> like that's where I'm at. And it's totally cliche. It's totally yeah, cliche. Not, if you want to keep that shit like private in this day and age, you gotta like tattoo it on your thigh. Yeah, but what if you change your system and your terminology? So like they got lasers, dog. So much pain. So Rex Ryan had some comments, I guess. Um, an article from Manish Mehta of the Daily News, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, he finally he finally had something to say. Now he uh, he found himself a gig. He's going to be on ESPN Super Bowl Sunday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. I don't know what they got him doing exactly. Talking about the Patriots, I think. I, th- I think that was the whole like idea here. Is like, oh, Rex Ryan, he's not coaching, and he knows everything there is to know about the Patriots. He's been prepping for them for what eight or ten or however many fucking years. However many years, God damn it. <laughs> but um, yeah, he talked. He talked with Manish Mehta there, and. Uh, Basically, and you know, and and this is only like a very slightly paraphrased quote said, fuck you guys. Well, it's not even paraphrased. He said, fuck you guys about getting about getting fired. Specifically, he was talking about how he went and got the Buffalo Bills vinyl vinyl wrap removed from his truck the same day he got fired is when he was like, fuck you guys. But, you know, he, he went out and, and essentially said, yeah, I kind of got fucked. And, you know, he uh, he kind of defended his stance because he admitted he he might have set the expectation a little bit too high for himself with his, you know, coming in and, and promising playoffs. But, you know, he defended his position there. And it's kind of what I was saying the entire time right up till he got fired. Like, what the fuck did you want him to say? And, and he kind of, like, had the same had the same thoughts I did. He he was like, well, you know, I'm coming to a, I'm coming to a team where your coach quit on you. Your defensive coordinator quit on you. Your quarterback quit on you. And I wanted to believe in these guys. So, you know, I, that, that was, that was the foot I put forward was, Hey, you know, I'm here. I believe in you. We can do this. Why not us? So I get that. But at the same time, the 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 shit just the shit you were putting on the field just wasn't working and you weren't changing it radically enough to make an imp, a, a noticeable impact soon enough to salvage your second season here so you know i think i think his ego and his attitude had a lot to do with uh you know with the this the overall decision to move on 
Because from from what it sounds like is he demanded to talk to Terry. Said, "Hey, what, what do you mean we're not playing Tyrod? Of course we're playing Tyrod. I'm I'm not trying to not play Tyrod." And he said, "Well, why don't you fuck off? You know." So, way I look at it, man, is... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Rex, and it's only because like even though he went went on and on in the interview saying how he's not bitter, ultimately he's bitter as shit. And I don't necessarily blame him. I would have, if I was in his shoes, I would have said, yeah, I needed more time is, is exactly what I would have said. And I think that's kind of how he feels. You know, he said flat out, I'm sick of, I'm sick of getting fucked. He feels like he got fucked. Um, so, Man, I, I'm. That's why I liked Rex, man. Is that's that's it? Like, what do you expect me to say? I want to, you know, Rex drew fans and cameras and reporters and all sorts of things. You know, I hear voices of New York reporters sometimes up in Buffalo. You know, like at these pressers. I, I mean, you know, uh, it's he, just he, like he a, took a cheap shot, though. Like he he admitted that the people of of Buffalo were good to him, but he also at the end was just like, I don't wish him. You know, I don't wish him any luck. Don't wish him good luck. Don't wish him bad luck. But then he was like, yeah, I wish the Jets luck. Fuck the Jets. Yeah, but he has a good relationship with Woody Johnson at the same time. You know, he got fired from there. And then... then, then I don't give a fuck about Woody Johnson. I hate the Jets. Right, right. But what I'm saying here is, you know, shame on you, Rex. I'm a supporter, but, like, shame on you, dude, for being such a great coach. And this ownership gets you all these resources, and next thing you know, your safety goes down, and so does your defense. And what happens with that? Your communication just sucked. And guess what? Ironically, that freaking Dolphins game was just a microcosm of the macro, which was. Right. And again, a, I don't want to. I don't want to just miscommunication. And, I don't want to sit here and make it sound like I'm sticking up for like a mediocre product on the field, but he wanted to be here. Like, you know, Doug Marone quit Rex Ryan came in and what, what he gave us wasn't that different from what, what Doug Marone gave us. I'm not saying, you know, you know like Doug Marone's defenses were definitely better. Than I don't know. That offense defense. was clicking, man. And you could almost but, make the case to bring him back. Cause that offense improved, but right, right. You know, at the end of the season, you're right in that, like, luminate 500 type finish to the season. And, uh, you know, what Rex, what Rex offers, you know, from a record standpoint, isn't that different from what Doug Marone had to offer, but everyone just seemed to like run him out so much, so much higher. Like, so I, I think it really does come down to the expectation he set for himself. I think things would be completely different if Rex came, came up to that podium day one and been like, yeah, you know, it's been a long time here. We got a hot, lot of hard work ahead of us. We're going to we're going to definitely try to get as much talent, you know, on this roster as we can and, you know, just strive for excellence. I I think if he would have gone out with just that more generic you know, coach speak introduction. If he would have gone out there and been like, first and foremost, I'd like to thank God. My name's Sean McDermott. I think Rex Ryan would have lasted a lot longer than he did. They definitely buttoned themselves up just um, 
getting Sean McDermott. I mean, total opposite. But I will say with, with Rex Ryan, um, you know, it, it really sucks that, like, we have to tell people or you have to make people aware of what Rex Ryan is doing, that he is hyping up your franchise because he does believe in it. And and as a person of myself where I am guilty in believing in a lot of things, and I have, as much as people who personally know me think that I'm a ruthless dick sometimes, it, it's really out of love. Like, if we set this baseline that we're going to do this and this and this, it's like, I believe that we can. I wouldn't be working with you if I don't think we can. And it's kind of like we all got to be careful what we wish for. And it's like that pressure right there alone, I can't imagine the amount of pressure Rex was under at the same time. Dude, if your defense is not the same because you've lost six safeties, well, I guess maybe it's time to simplify your playbook and maybe worry about getting your base packages out there on time and maybe not changing it up every single play, maybe just playing to the strength of your team. And it's the same shit problem I had with Doug Brown at the end there, which is don't tell me halfway through your, your last season as the Bills coach that you finally popped on tape about how C.J. Spiller was used. Like, get out of here. That's your job day one. And it's like with Rex's yeah, you defense. You should have known that before you accepted the position. Shit. Right. And, and the weird part about Rex's defense is how many pro bowlers made it? You know, and, and say what you want about the Pro Bowl. Oh, so you're still only top quarter of the league good as a player? Okay, I'll take a lot of those on my team because there were freaking dry years where there was not a lick of a Bills uniform in the Pro Bowl. I thought for a few years in a row, definitely under Chan Gailey, I don't think anybody made it to the Pro Bowl during Chan Gailey. I don't think anybody. And if it was, it was one guy, and it was Kyle Williams. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, no, I, I mean, get the hell out of here. Get the, it's, it's like, man, GM Alexander lit it up. I didn't even, you know, to be, I, watched the highlights. Honest, I didn't watch the damn pro bowl. I heard it was actually to read Lorenzo Alexander made it sound like it was actually a good ass pro bowl because people were playing hard. I, wa- I watched the highlights. Oh shoot, dude. Yo, my phone might actually, uh, Oh, I'm at 10% here. All right, so, um, yeah, as far as Rex Ryan's concerned, man, like, I, I hate that he feels that way. I love Rex Ryan, man. Th- that guy will probably be my, my favorite coach for a long time. But I'll be honest with you, man, uh, there's something well, about no, it. I mean, he's Rex is a gambler, and, and if if he would have taken the job and they would have gone and made a deep run and, you know, finished off with a, with you know, an 11 win season or something, he'd be sitting here looking like the slickest cat on the block. Cause he came in here and ran his mouth and, and then made it happen. He he took a gamble to try to get the big payoff there. Like I he think he really, he really he went for it all, man. He went, he, he swung for the fences and, and, and he missed the anomaly of it all is you got, you got so many pro bowlers this year and, you know, it just shows you that there are guys who do pay attention to the coaching, you know? And, and it's like Kyle Williams on the defensive line, he, monster year. Lorenzo Alexander, outside linebacker, took to the coaching. Awesome year. Zach Brown, Rex Ryan's system is made for linebackers to, to shine. Zach Brown, 
tears it up. You know what I mean? Stephon Gilmore, count on him. A lot of picks this year. Best year as far as picks. Did he maybe not tackle as much? Did he whatever? Yeah, but you know what? I would love Stephon Gilmore back. Now that the dust is settled, we're objectively looking at everything again. I'm not as emotional. You know, and, and it's like these guys shine. The, the anomaly is, is why the hell didn't you do more basic shit? You, and I know I'm caught in it so simple and stupid, but it's like, Rex, it's time to look at yourself, bud. And, and maybe say, you know what? I had all the resources and I fucked up. Right. And you know what? You know, Ronald Darby had a great season. Um, he actually like grayed out like fifth among cornerbacks. Really? Um, but the thing that a lot of people are, aren't understanding, a lot of people are just like, oh, let, Gil- let Gilmore walk, let Gilmore walk. But the thing they aren't recognizing is Darby can't just like plug right into like that number one role. Like Darby did well take, taking the number two guys. So if, his, so if his if his assignments change, his his impact is going to change as well. His his production is going to change. Well, when you talk, so I don't think it's just I just don't think it's just as a simple plug and play equation like a lot of people have been trying to make it. Well, the thing that's ironic though is now I don't know what Eric Turner would know this better than us. Eric Turner at CoverOne.net. Um, what's ironic is is you know. You had Walt Anderson on the – is that his name or was it Cole Anderson? The safety, Cole Anderson. Sorry. Walt Anderson's the ref that likes to screw everybody. That's right. I'm sorry. So Cole Anderson was on the John Murphy show with uh, Sal Capaccio and Donald Jones. And um, he, he brought some insight into exactly what we talked about before, which is you got Leslie Frazier as a defensive coordinator. Well, he was on the practice squad with Leslie Frazier. He was also um, on the Eagles – Anderson with, you know, the safety of the Bills resigned, core special teamer. He was on the Eagles when McDermott was on there too, was was the defensive coordinator. So um believe in two thousand ten. So what I'm getting at here is these cornerbacks are gonna be asked to do different things. And one right. thing they constantly say is Tampa two, Tampa two, Tampa two, Leslie Frazier, Tampa two. You know, and Leslie Frazier I believe was Help accredited with uh, Lovey Smith of developing that. I could be wrong, or not Lovey Smith, um, Tony Dungy. So, um, you know, I just don't know how well that Darby would do in his own. I don't know. I just truly don't know. I don't know how Stefan Gilmore would do. I really don't know. At the same time, I don't know if they're willing to change some things around. But when you have a system, again, you have a system like we were talking earlier. Certain players fit that system, and, and coaches can allegedly tailor their system to that, but you're going to have a weak link. You're going to have a weak link somewhere, and, and you have to somehow, which I think is Rex's problem, his biggest enemy is the CBA, you have to somehow in your limited time, from what I'm hearing from, from Cole Anderson here, is these guys just get to play. They show up into defense, and they just play. And think Jim Schwartz defense for you fans out there. Jim Schwartz defense. just They just hammer. They motor. They get upfield. They do their thing. You know yeah, it's, it's a cover gonna, two. They're going to just it's execute. It's going to be a lot more similar to, to what we saw with, with Schwartz. Right. So what I'm getting at here is with the CBA, 
being the collective bargaining agreement where players have less time with coaches, less time on the field, less time with whatever the hell with coaches around, and less communication with coaches than ever, which is understandable because just like, um, you know, just like anything with laws, people are really extreme one way and then it goes back extremely the other way and then it balances out in the middle. Well, the players got their way as far as practices, but I will argue any day of the week that the quality of football has gotten a lot shittier in the last five years thanks to this this collective bargaining agreement. So a guy like Rex Ryan hasn't been had a successful defense, really, like super successful defense since this collective bargaining agreement has come out. So it takes right. guys more time to study, and I think that with Leslie Frazier as defense coordinator – and Sean McDermott, they're they're gonna have a system that they've had successful defenses recently in the modern era. And you know, Leslie Frazier is no joke to sneeze at. You could have brought him in as a head coaching candidate, and I would have considered it, even though his record wasn't really good with Minnesota. He he's man, he was like a I hot quarter. Hot that guy. For the same reason I poo pooed Jim Schwartz just based on the record. Right. But Jim Schwartz, I I still think you still had to look at that season like 0-16. And, yes, you could say that's on a coach or whatever, but when your roster is that depleted where you go 0-16, I think that that – Well, that was that was the year before he took over. I think his first year he went 0-16. No, no, he, he, he was who they hired after the 0-16 season. Really? Yeah. Because I thought somebody just debated this earlier. And shit, man. You know I'm pulling up Wikipedia right now. Oh, yeah, no, pull it up. Type it in, Lions Seasons. Yeah, dude, 2009. Yeah, they went 2-14. and 14. Okay. Well, either way, you can make the point, like, they went 2-14. and 14, And then they went 6-10. and 10. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, and then in 2012, they went 4-12, and 12. yeah, so, okay, I can't really argue that, and then you go 7-9, and nine. so, man, so, yeah, he, he goes 4-12 and 12 in 2012, 7-9 in 2013, after going to the playoffs in 2011, so, <sighs> what are we even getting at here? This, this, not, the, this, not much. The, the the Lions had a rough time with Jim Schwartz as head coach, which is why I didn't like the idea of him. And again, Leslie Frazier doesn't have a great head coaching record. Um, so the point here was I would have probably poo-pooed the idea of him being our coach. But I love these guys, though. Is uh, I mean, he did go ten and six, Leslie Frazier in two thousand twelve, and then he went five and ten. 2013. Um, but in the 2011, he was 3-13. and 13. Jesus. So, I mean, man, man, uh, this defense is going to be better. It, it's It's got to be better because you just see the talent in the Pro Bowl and you think, okay, well, clearly they executed some good stuff if you got players there, you know. I don't know what's going to happen right. with the, with the safeties. I don't want to assume Corey Graham is gone because, again, I want a guy like Eric Turner at CoverOne.net to break it down to me. Did he improve? Did he? Because we don't know what plays are being called either. 
And um, no, I mean, and, and he's under contract, so he's got another year on his contract. That's good. That's good depth too. I mean, he played corner. You you, you never know. It just keep the good guys around. I, I think he's a core guy. He's still under contract. Um, I'm not sure how much he is signed for, but man, I I can't wait to dive into this off season and really just get things going. Um. You know, looking forward, I think Sean McDermott is going to be uh, what I love about Sean McDermott. If you didn't listen to our last podcast, is I love his wrestling background. I I, I think it takes so much dedication to, to to be as good as he was and look into him, um, look into his background on that because in order to be be a very good wrestler, you have to be super disciplined, and that's also a guy with enough confidence to knock on the door at the Eagles and be like, let me in. And he just pretty much helped out. And I believe the scouting department. And then Andy Reid took him in under his wing and he was like his assistant. So I'm pretty stoked on uh, Sean McDermott's work ethic. And you have to have an attention to detail, a certain attention to detail to pretty much have an inspirational story like he is where he's never been a head coach ever in anything and he's worked his way up to get there. And that's a great story. You know, that's a really great story at the same time. Let's see if he, let's see if he wins, you know? So the way I would judge this off season guys and girls and in-betweens and everything else you want to be or you're not, um, just breathe a little bit. You know, it, it's been a bummer. I will admit, I'm sure Deacon agrees, it, it's been a bummer having to go through a coaching change. Um, I, You know, I've been going through some personal stuff in my life, so I've kind of been been checked out of this Bills thing for a little bit. Also, hence the lack of a, as many pockets as we usually do. Um, but it, it's like, man, I'm so exhausted of going through coaching changes. It's just really like, I'm not shocked, but it really bums me out because I want to like these coaches. I want to get to know them. Um, I want to see them finally be able to execute. I mean, you look at a guy like Tom Brady. I mean, he's got to stay in that system for so long, you know, and just, man, I would just love to see our players just develop, just finally develop, get in this system and develop and, and reach their potential while they're here. Not realize that, oh, wait, well, we didn't fit in that system because they ran that scheme. And, and and it's like, man, I'm so sick of these hard-head coaches jamming square pegs in the round holes. It's driving me absolutely bonkers. And I just really freaking hope for once that we can just hold on to a coach for five years. I just want to see what we would be in five years. I want to... Make it to the playoffs ASAP. ASAP. There is no reason why this Bills team cannot make the playoffs. There's every year we think that they can make the playoffs. Well, maybe let's let's see what our Bills team looks like before we start saying that because uh, we got like 25 free agents, man. Yeah, but a lot of those 20 out of the 24, one is re-signed, you know, and 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 the rest of them were a lot of guys that were just. Freaking fill-in players, one of Duns, and you want to know something? I look at those. I look at a lot of those free agents as a blessing because that could almost make the argument when we were talking about Rex getting fired, and that kind of almost made the argument that like maybe now's the time if you really do have that many free agents 
maybe now's the time. You have the offensive line intact. You need a right tackle. Um, I don't see the Bills going receiver um, anytime soon because I think it will be stupid. Get your value receiver. Bring up somebody else. Maybe get Justin Hunter to resign. Put him out there at Watkins. If you got Tyrod back, I don't care if you get a rookie. You ain't throwing that much. You're not. You have LaShawn McCoy. You're just not. Anybody who thinks they're getting a receiver in the first round, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. They can't. And if they did, I would be like, Doug Whaley has lost his mind. And that's when I would just really turn the cheek and be like, who the hell's idea was this? Because I can't defend Whaley on this. I can't defend Whaley on a first round freaking receiver because it's the same equation we had before. Who's throwing the receiver the ball? No, no, because to me, I mean, if you if you re-sign Gilmore and you, you re-sign, you know, you activate Tyrod's contract, then drafting a receiver doesn't become out of the question to me, but I think you still need to look at the safety position, again, the right what tackle about, position. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'd rather have I, – I'd rather get those guys in place than, than even think about receiver, maybe – Second, if you got a but, killer value second if, round, if you, don't get, maybe. if you don't get Robert Woods done, you have to take one early or go the free agency route. Dude, what I'm saying is, is I don't think these guys get enough balls thrown at them, dude, where, like, you even got to worry about it. Now, granted, it's a new offensive system coming in, but, like, I hope they know whatever quarterback they're bringing in what their strength is. Because if you got Tyrod Taylor throwing 35 times a game, I'm not saying he can't figure it out because when I think West Coast offense, I think about that goddamn Seattle game recently this year where that ball is out of his hands and he looked great. He looked tight, man. And and you got to judge these players on what they're asked to do. At the same time, man, dude, it's going to be a hell of a learning curve if he ain't the one. And it's going to suck. And I don't see these receivers when you got LaShawn McCoy necessarily being... I I think you can get away. I, I would guarantee you Greg Salas would have had the same numbers as Chris Hogan did. You know yeah, what I, I mean? mean? It's going to be an interesting season, man, because, uh, you know, when Dennison was with the Broncos, he got he got them to a Super Bowl with a waning Peyton Manning who really wasn't playing anything like you would expect, you know, from, from the name. Like, he, he wasn't playing to his pedigree. And, you know, he had... He had uh, Osweiler in there, you know, to get to get them there. So, like, Dennison's got some experience finding creative ways to score points without throwing the football, or at least, like, limiting how many times you throw the football. I agree 100%. I agree 100%. Um, well, yo, I'm about good here. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm all set, man. Well, super long podcast. I'm into it. Thanks for listening to our life stories today. Um, you know, please, please tell your friends, tell everybody about us. NumbillsFan.com. We go live tomorrow. Brought to you by Bills for Life. Yeah, we'll be on Facebook. We'll be on Facebook live tomorrow. Um, I have a hockey game tomorrow at some point. I think it might be an early one. So if you're down, Deeks, we might have to go earlier. What? Whatever's clever, man. Um. Okay, so yeah, billsforlife.com, at punchrunksports.com, at punchrunk on Twitter. And um, yeah, tell your friends. Seriously, tell all your friends. If you enjoy this, let them know. We get a lot of traction with our Facebook Live videos. And like, don't get me wrong, we love doing Facebook Live. It is fun. But there is something about talking over each other and like doing fun stuff about really getting to dive deep into our points without getting derailed. 
from comments and stuff. At the same time, we love the comments. So, I mean, it's the best of both worlds. Tell people about this podcast. Um, all off-season, just check in with us. We will have a lot of podcasts that should be relevant to you until next season when it starts. And we'll call those Going Deep or Timeless or, you know, because I have some guests lined up. Um, well, not I, but we do have some guests lined up where we're going to get some real insight behind the NFL closed doors with certain topics. And uh, I can't wait. Get some perspective of other teams, fan bases or that are diehards, you know. I, yeah, I think, totally. Yeah, I think there's so It'll many be a cool good time. stories. Yeah, good time, great oldies. Uh, you heard it here first. Find me on Twitter at numbillsfan. I'm on there at numbillsadamd, and uh, we'll see everyone on Facebook Live tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Yeah, holler at your boys. Peace. <laughs>